Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Rebecca Kay. Rebecca is a CEO coach who helps women expand into their full potential and stand out as leaders in their field. Rebecca has helped women become CEOs through effective planning and execution while creating more white space for them to thrive without sacrificing the things that matter most to them. Rebecca, on the personal side, is a mom of three, including twins, runs her online business alongside her high-pressure corporate job and the largest global audit firm. As a leader in her corporate role, Rebecca leverages her experience to help other women confidently show up as inspirational leaders for their teams while navigating the challenges of being underrepresented as women in their industry. During this conversation, Rebecca and I are talking all about becoming the CEO of your business. When you run your small business, when you first start it, typically you have one of two thoughts. One is, well, I'm not really the CEO of my business. I'm not the boss. I'm just a worker. I'm not big enough yet. That will be my title one day. And on the other side, we call ourselves CEOs. We call ourselves this business owner, but we don't actually take on that role. We're too busy being a worker in our business to actually make executive level decisions. And as Rebecca and I talk about, it doesn't matter if you are a small business that wants to stay a very small business or a business that wants to grow and thrive, you need to make CEO level decisions. You need to be a results oriented leader that plans and executes everything that needs to be done so you are not the person holding yourself back that you can take effective action to take your business to the level that you want to take it to. So let's jump into the conversation and hear everything Rebecca has to say about you becoming the CEO that your business needs. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to be with your listeners. Yes, thank you. To kick us off, can you tell everybody about yourself and your business? Sure, sure. So I um, help women expand into their full potential while really taking action effectively and being the CEOs of their lives and leaders in their field. Um, and when I say CEO, it's, it's not just about having a title, but really being in control of your business um, and of your life and of the things that are important to you. Yes, I love it. It actually reminds me of a conversation that I had with someone just recently where we were, we were challenging each other of, okay, 
what should you be doing in your business? And it's like, we want to be the CEO of our business and not just a worker in our business. So, so I kind of love that of like, of stepping into that, that CEO role. And, you know, sometimes when we have small businesses, it means also being a worker, but are you making those CEO decisions and having that CEO mindsets and everything that you do? Oh, yes. Yes. That is so, so key. Um, especially because, you know, we get into our businesses and then we just get bogged down with the day-to-day every day. And we literally just become employees in our businesses. Um, and then and then you realize you wake up, you know, when you, you get to a certain mark or level and you realize you just can't keep going on like this. And, and you don't have to get to that point in order to really step up and be the CEO. You can decide to be the CEO of your business today and make decisions like you are at the next level already so that when you do get to the next level you are not in panic mode and it's so much easier to create that space for greatness and for even bigger things in your business right so i feel like a lot of people that are at that spot where they're like they have the ceo title because they gave it to themselves but they're a worker in their business a lot of times they don't really grasp that that's where they are. Can you give us some examples maybe of what does it mean to really not be fulfilling that CEO position per se, but really being a worker of your business? Oh, yes, that's a really good question. So I'll give a few examples um, from my business. And uh, before I had this coaching business that I do have now, I used to have an online boutique and It started off as a passion project and then became serious when I got really good influencers who started helping me increase my brand visibility. And at that point, I decided, okay, I'm just going to hire people because I need help. But I I did it on a whim, right? I I didn't think of it um, in advance and I didn't really have the systems and the structure to support it. And that's an example of me using my CEO role to hire Um, But I really wasn't stepping into what it really meant to be the CEO at that time, which meant I needed to take a step back and do the preparation upfront so that I could set up my team um, for success. Um, And that's just an example of how you might be thinking you're making decisions as a CEO, but you, you really aren't thinking and planning for the long game. And then you start to blame others and, you know, play the blame game when things aren't really working for your business. Another area where I see people not taking the CEO role by the reins is when things actually don't work out the way you had envisioned them to do. And maybe you take certain directions in your business and you take certain steps and you don't get the results that you expected right? And, and it's so easy for us to look to external factors and to look at all the outside reasons why things didn't happen our way. And, and so often we tend to minimize us taking responsibility, first of all, and then using that experience as data to make better decisions going forward. So I really see that responsibility and self-integrity as very important and key aspects of not just taking on the CEO title, but embodying that CEO and, you know, really being fully responsible for the results you have, whether they are good or not. Yes. I think that is so, so important, especially taking responsibility. I feel like 
sometimes we're like, well, there's so many factors that are out of my control. And it's like, yes, but how did you navigate them? And I think like, that's one of the important things is how did you react? How did you navigate the things that came up? Did you, did you give up or did you ignore that these other things were, were coming your way and factors in the, in the situation that was in front of you? Exactly, exactly. And in any situation, there is always something that you can do. Um, and, and we got to agree that, yes, there'll always be factors that are out of your control. But what did you do based on the factors that were actually in your control? And how did you, like you just said, navigate around that and make the right decisions at the right time? And if you have a team, lead your team um, into maybe minimizing the impact of, you know, the result that you ended up with at the end of the day. Yeah, I I love that. And like the fact that you said, like within your control, because I was actually thinking about that a lot lately. Um, I have a few projects going on where there's things going on that are 100% out of my control, but I was taking on the responsibility of it. And it was stressing me out. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to navigate this. There's nothing I can do. And finally, like I had to say, and say, okay, I can't do anything about that. I can only control this. So I need to focus on what can I control about the situation versus what I can't control. And it really helped lift a lot of the stress off my shoulders and helped me put my focus in the right place. So I could make the impact that I needed to on those projects. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of times we tend to shy away from that responsibility because, you know, all eyes are on us and we kind of feel, especially as women, that when we take that responsibility, we're automatically saying, you know, we're failures. And then we're attaching that to our worth. And then it, it just becomes that downward spiral. But like you said, it can actually be very freeing and liberating when you take that responsibility. But then detach yourself, first of all, from the outcome, and then really be very honest with yourself about, you know, what happened, you know, what can you learn? What are you going to take going forward? Um, how are you going to use these learning lessons? Um, and really be that leader that your team, if you have a team, is looking up to you to be. Right. So this actually made me think of something that I just experienced this past weekend. So I uh, just recently joined a leadership program um, here in St. Petersburg, Florida called Leadership St. Pete. And we had our opening retreat this past weekend. And one of the activities that they had us do just to kind of get to know each other, work, work with each other, and obviously get these leadership lessons from, it was this activity where we had two groups. Group one was, was called like the planners that I was in, had the set of directions and we had this thing that we needed to figure out. And then we needed to communicate the activity and what they needed to do to give group two, the implementers, the direction and have them do like kind of refigure out what, or put together what we had already figured out. But there was obviously certain things in there that we couldn't share with them, couldn't show them and, and all that stuff. And it was one of those things like at the end, like was we're watching them and like, wanting to give them direction that we weren't allowed to give and like all this stuff and realizing certain things were, were out of our hands that we couldn't, we couldn't control and being okay with that. And then the situation, like bringing it back of, 
with the situation in particular, one of the walkaways that our, our team had was at the end of the day, what they, they put together wasn't exactly as we had had it, but it was technically right by the, the original directions that were given and just us having to let go of certain things and focus on, did they do it right or wrong versus doing it our way and kind of stepping into like what we had control over, which was the overall expectation. And what we didn't have control over was what they actually did when we weren't allowed to micromanage every step. Oh, I love that exercise because there's so many lessons you can learn from that. And, and, and like you said, sometimes we are just so holding the wheel so tight that we aren't even allowing, you know, our own intuition to help us co-create what the results that we want to see, let alone our team members. Um, and, and that is so, so true, even practically from a business standpoint of view, how so many times we, we just want to be so bogged down into the details that we can't even see that there are things that our team members could do way better than us or come up with ideas that are way better than ours. Whereas if we just gave them the direction and gave that vision, someone else could implement it and come up with an amazing result that you, you didn't even expect. Um, yes. and, and even if it's not, even if it's not, there are still things you can learn from rather than when you're just trying to, you know, take over the wheel and, you know, sort of be in that micromanaging, controlling every single detail kind of leader. Yes. Like what we came up with, like the way we described it when we were reporting out is there's right, there's wrong, and then there's different, which means it's not Ooh. wrong. It's just different than you would have done it. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I mean, does it matter when you look back and especially if the results are very positive, does it matter if it was different to how you thought it would, it would turn out to be or how it needed to, to work out? Um, when you look back, you realize that those are, you know, minute details that as a CEO of the business, you, you shouldn't have even been the least concerned with, um, especially when, when you're, you know, when you're giving your team that confidence that they're actually able to implement your vision without you being there to, to show them every single tiny step. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, you're totally speaking my language here. Like, yes, like, oh, it's like those things where it's, I think it's so tough for small business owners, especially because like we talked about, you go from being that worker. It is you. Most business owners, we start off a business. It's 100% us. We did not have anybody. Maybe you were lucky enough to have a business partner who went in on this idea with you, but chances are it was you doing everything. And then you have to step away and trust someone else to be the worker. And sometimes it's, it's difficult to let them do it differently, even if different is better. Yes, yes. And, and I can understand why that is the case. You know, this is your baby that you've taken care of. And, you know, as, as a mom, it's so, so difficult to leave your children in, in the care of someone else who you've never left, left them with. Um, and similar, 
you know, situation happens when, when you're in business. And, and what I always tell my clients is start with small little things and then build up as you go along. But if you never start, then you're never going to master your craft and art in delegating, which is such a necessary skill set as a CEO in order to, you know, grow your business to, to that level um, and, and that greatness that you want it to be. Yes. As I say, you don't have to give away the keys to the business just because you need help with one thing. Like you start (laughs) small and you build your way up. It's about trusting your delegation skills as well as trusting the people you're delegating to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That self-trust is so key um, because you, you actually do know you have that ability within you. Um, I think it's just that fear, especially when it's the first time that, you know, what if things go wrong? What if, what if, you know, this actually doesn't work out, but just trusting in yourself and believing that you actually have this. And then if things don't completely work out, then looking back at it from like a scientist and really analyzing, okay, how could I do things differently? And doing even that reflection with, with your team as well, Um, is such an an important aspect of becoming a master delegator and becoming a leader and a CEO in your business. Yes, 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 yes. So what advice do you have for someone where, okay, they started their business, they're obviously doing the work, they're starting to bring in help, but their business has been built 100% around them. Like they really have those, that personal brand. So they feel like they should be 100% responsible because their name's on the door or their face is the only face people associate with their business. Hmm. Mm, that's, that's a really good question because one, you want your business to, to be sustainable. And if everything stops with you, at some point, you're going to become the bottleneck to your growth. Um, and, and, and one of the things I like teasing my clients with is telling them, you have to actually fire yourself from your business. Um, and, and it's not something that happens overnight, of course, but it's something that you have to become very consciously aware of and start to, to detach your business operating from you being there constantly all the time and and like we've just said it starts small so start with okay what are the things that maybe I can automate where are the areas where I am spending a lot of time that is not worth CEO time Um, and then where there are areas where you actually need help from another human being start to to think of and and put a plan together so that you can gradually build up of uh, build your team and and prepare your business as well as you're building your team so that you're scaling in a way that's sustainable and you're not overwhelming yourself unnecessarily in the process. Yes, I love what everything you shared there. I think one of the other things people need to ask themselves is is them being that that front person in the business really important? Is that what they really want and they want a business that is 100% built around them? where they're working with all the clients and they're doing everything. And for some people, the answer is yes. Oh, I don't want to bring in someone else who's going to be working with the clients and, and doing all this stuff. Like it really is, it's me and my business and I don't want it bigger than me. And I feel like that's really important because I feel like even though you need to step into that kind of like CEO role and understand that and make those CEO decisions about your business, 
you're, you, you're conscious about the growth of your business and how big you want it to grow. Where then there's the, the other type of people where they're like, okay, well, today I was the face of the business and I started with that, but I want something bigger than me. And then it's like, how do you make those decisions to make it bigger than you? Because that's a different business than if you want a business that's all about you. Mm, I agree with that. And, and you're not just conscious about the growth, but also the time aspect, you know, and the time that, that you're going to have to put in to keep up with your business if, if you decide to go that way. And, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Everyone wants different things. It's just that you need to make sure that whatever you want for your business is aligned to, you know, how you are setting it up in the back end and operational wise. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. So we, we talked a bit about, you know, kind of like getting into that CEO mindset, realizing what you, what you have control over, what you, what you don't like, and, and knowing the difference, accepting that back at the beginning, you talked about hiring and having processes and procedures and everything in place. And that's something that I want to kind of circle back to, because I feel like that is a statement that can sometimes overwhelm people because they're like, oh my goodness, I, I, I'm already drowning, which is why I need help. And now I need to do all this work to prepare to bring in help. And then some people get into the point where there's like, well, I'm just going to have my first hire figure it out and, and they're going to help me come up with things. And both of them are like, wait, 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 in my opinion, I'm like, hold on, that's, that you don't in my opinion is you don't need perfect processes and procedures when you make your first hire, but you also need to understand that. Like, and sometimes it's, you do, you create the bones of the structure. And then when that first person comes in, you make sure you're being open and honest of this is the bones of the structure. There's still things that we're figuring out because I'm getting it out of my mind and into someone else being able to do it. So there's things that are going to have to change. There's things that are going to, we're going to realize are not perfect. There's things where I'm going to tell you this, and then we might change it to that because I realized what I was thinking, what I wrote that down isn't exactly right. And I know, um, so for sometimes that, that is difficult because you have to be very vulnerable, but I, sometimes I feel yeah. like that's a much better place to enter that relationship versus like, I have to spend hours and hours and hours to get everything perfect because I could tell you and, uh, Rebecca, cause I know you used to help people a lot, set up these systems and procedures when it's yes. been just you. And like what we talked about, you could bring other people in who do things better. Once you get a second person into that process chances are things are going to change. So if you try too hard to make it perfect, some of that work is wasted. Yes, yes. And, and perfectionism is, is just going to inhibit you taking action effectively um, because we're, we're not all about taking perfect action. It's taking effective action and it has nothing to do with being perfect. And I completely agree with you. And if I look back at, at my business, um, I hired my virtual assistant when I had nothing. I, I didn't even have my, um, what we use currently for our task management. It wasn't set up. I literally co-created that with her. And together, we put together some of these processes. Of course, like you said, I, I had the framework in mind, um, but she really helped me to now bring it to life. And you can do that as well with your business. 
And, you know, it depends also on, on your personality. If you're the kind of person who really um, is not comfortable with that kind of way of building it as you go, you're, you're the CEO, so you get to decide, right? There is no one perfect way that fits all. You can get someone to help you build these processes much faster than you trying to do it all on yourself and then bring in people and then bring in your team. So there's so many different ways to do it, but the most important thing is to take action. And more often than not, that action is going to be messy at the beginning, but it's going to set you up for sustainable success in the long run. Yes. Take messy action. And it doesn't mean things can't change. And um, so just to share like a little thing of what happens to me with, with changing is obviously if the use of you who are listening, if you listen to a few episodes ago, I talked about how um, my very first employee uh, recently left last month in December was her last day and that it was, it was positive. So go back and listen to the ad episode um, about her leaving, but just to share a little bit about that was um when I hired her, I hired her for the position that I needed at that time. My business continued to grow and change. So mm -hmm. when she left and I was rehiring, I was hiring for a different position. Her tasks and responsibilities were still there, but there were other things that I needed help with that weren't a part of the original position. And it was, it was like, that's one thing you have to realize is sometimes when you hire, what you need today is not what you need six months down the road. And you have to be willing to make those changes that are needed for your business. Yes, I love that. Um, and it's all part of the journey, right? Um, sometimes people, your business will outgrow the people you hire um, or you've hired six months or one year ago. And, and that's totally okay. Right. Sometimes your the direction in which your business is is going is going to change, um, and then that could mean you having to start a new team, um, or you having to get different skill set levels, and and that's also fine. It's just having that awareness and and being comfortable that some of these conversations also aren't aren't always comfortable, but knowing that making those decisions as a CEO of your business is way more effective than just, you know, letting things slide and hoping that things somehow just magically sort themselves out. Yeah, because they won't, they're not going to magically sort themselves out. But as you said, it's once again, it's making those CEO decisions and sometimes they're uncomfortable decisions. And as I'm sure you can agree, Rebecca, they're uncomfortable decisions because they impact others. And we're human, we have emotions, we we see how our actions impact others and bring out those emotions in others. And sometimes we want to resist bringing out negative emotions in others or making people feel less valued. But sometimes it's, it's what is needed for your business. And that sometimes you have to take off that people focused hat and put on that CEO hat and make the best decisions and then put on that people focus hat and say, okay, well, how do we get through this? If I need to let someone go because they no longer fit, what does that look like? Can I help them find their next opportunity instead of just saying, well, it's 3 p.m. on a Friday, your positions is done, good luck in the future. Yes, yes. I mean, th there is nothing 
nice about being a CEO. Sometimes you do have to make those decisions. Um, but it's all, like you said, from a professional standpoint of view. And, and, and like you said, if you, if you look at the positives, maybe you giving that person that candid feedback could actually help them grow in their next, um, you know, their next journey, wherever they go to next. Um, so it's, you really need to, to get used to, because I don't think you can ever get comfortable with some of those decisions that you need to make as a CEO, but just know that they are necessary. And sometimes you just need to put off the nice hat, which we tend to do a lot as women um, and, and do what is right and what is needed for your business at the time. Yeah. And I remember way back when I was in corporate, there was a, a, a time when a big layoff happened and the VP of our departments was the one that had to, um, now the room that I was in was the room that where people were, were safe, but they had, she had to tell us what was going on. And I just remember seeing her true emotion in her face when she was having that. And it, it made me really feel that, wow, while this was a decision that had to be made for the business, they didn't take it lightly. They really thought about it. It was really mm. hard for her to have to make those decisions of who, who wasn't going to have a job anymore. And the decision still needed to be made and they needed to be made so the company could be at a healthier place. And, but it was like, to see that that true emotion made it feel that it wasn't a heartless decision. Yes, yes. And, and I guess as women, we, we are more empathetic when it comes to, you know, how we run our businesses. And, and I'm not saying that you need to be ruthless. Of course, you need to make the right decisions. But you can still, you know, wear your heart on your sleeves when it comes to this, as long as at the end of the day, um, you, you are having that balance between being emotionally led and, you know, have being in your headspace. Um, and, and I think it, it's such an important aspect of just showing your genuineness, um, because I, I think a lot of times in business, especially in online businesses, um, there is that lack of that. And, and like you said, team members actually see that and they actually appreciate it um, when, when you actually show that part of yourself that sometimes we, we want to hold back because we also don't want to be seen as, you know, we are too, you know, mushy and, and too emotional. But I think it, it's an important aspect, definitely, of being that all-rounded leader. Yeah, and we're emotional people. If you think about leaders, people really like reporting to, to leaders people don't like reporting to. A lot of times the people they don't like reporting to is they fear them because the only emotion that's ever put out there is that, that anger, or even there's a lack of emotion when leaders can show their true emotion, but still make those CEO decisions, those great leadership decisions, people feel more connected to those leaders. Yes, yes, connection. That, that was the word I was trying to look for. Um, it's, it's, it's such an important aspect, especially when you are building your team. Um, because I feel when, when you can connect with them on that level, you get even better results from them at the end. And in your business can grow even faster and go to the next level even faster and more effectively than when you just try to, you know, use that one side, one sidedness of just being in your, your headspace all the time um, and kind of, you know, making 
cold decisions with without showing that other part of yourself which which is and it's part of you I mean why do we want to inhibit that and I, I guess it's also because of how we have seen traditionally leaders operating especially in male-dominated fields and industries um, where you know our male counterparts are less emotional about these things but I think like you're saying we just need to normalize it more and also show other women in our industries and our fields that it's okay to be emotional as long as you're making the right decisions and as long as you're being balanced between your intuition and your strategic mind right okay before we wrap up today, because, uh, wow, this time is like flying by, I do want to ask one question that I feel is really important. Like, let's leave everyone with, with an action item. So you've worked with a bunch of businesses. You've seen things that businesses aren't doing that they should be doing in their businesses, decisions that they should be making. So if you had to challenge everybody to go today and make one CEO type decision or look at this part of their business or, you know, really evaluate something that would help put them into that CEO role instead of a worker role, what would it be? Get help, get help, whether it is help in your business or domestic help, having a support system is yeah, I don't, I don't think you can do without it. Even if you want to run your business as a solopreneur, you need to have some sort of support system, right? And, and just think of, you know, which area in your business is, is, is maybe the biggest pain point and think of how you can get help. Even if it's just getting someone to help you a few hours a week, start off there and then build up from there. Um, I think getting help is, is also something we need to normalize as women because it's, it, it doesn't mean that you're not good at what you're doing. It just means you're very conscious about how your time is being spent um, and you're conscious about using your time for those CEO level activities, which only you can do. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, Rebecca, once again, like, I feel like you're taking words right out of my mouth and, <laughs> and I yeah. did not know that she was going to answer that question with get help. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't a plan seeing this is the growing your team podcast, but obviously I think it is an amazing answer, but you touched on so many important things as women. And I know most people who listen to this podcast are women we do kind of sometimes have that negativity around getting help because we think of it as I can't do it. And I always try to like kind of switch that around to be like, instead of being like a negative that you can't do it all on your own, you need to cheer it out and be like, I've grown my business to the place where I can't do this all on my own anymore. And, and it is amazing. Look at the success that I have behind me and like really see that as a positive versus like, oh my God, people are going to judge me because I can't do it. No, it is a positive that you can't do it all on your own anymore. And you have built that success. And so you need to step into that success. And then lastly, I love that you put like even domestic help. I remember talking to a business owner once and we were talking about really what would be the best help that they could get. And the answer was, because they had a little one's home with them, was dedicated time where they could be in the next room, but they didn't have to be in charge of the kids. So getting a mother's helper to come in a few hours a week was what they needed. It was the exact help that they needed in their business. So sometimes it's not always an employee or, or a contractor that's helping you with your business side. 
It's those things that are helping you on your personal side. So that way you can be who you need to be when you show up to work. Yes, yes. I And I love the energy that you just exuded as you said, you know, that phrase that I can't do it because of all the success that I've gotten. We really need to flip the script on that. Um, and thank you so much for saying that in that way. And yes, help any kind of help. Like I feel that domestic help is still necessary sometimes for your business, like you've just said. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes we underestimate the impact that having domestic help could have on your business and you know on how you feel in general and how you can actually show up for your business and for your team and and for other areas in your life as well yeah and sometimes the help can be small especially it's domestic help I don't know what services they have where you are Rebecca but here we have we have Instacart which is the one app you can go and have people do your grocery shopping and oh my God, it saves me so much time. It saves me energy. And it actually saves me money on my groceries because I don't impulse shop all the time. And it's just that mm-hmm. that simple act of not having to go to the grocery store anymore. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I would have never thought before of paying someone to go do my grocery shopping. But at the end of the day, it is worth every penny. Yes, yes. Um, we have something similar here, but for chefs and like cleaners. So you can literally put in your details and the next day you will have a chef or a cleaner or whatever you need and your house will be sorted and you don't even have to plan for it in advance or spend a lot of money every single month it's it's you know an on-demand service and and it makes such a big difference when some of those small things are taken care of and you can focus on other aspects in your life Amazing. All right, Rebecca, we need to start wrapping up. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yes. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. So definitely um, link in with me there and drop me a DM if you want to have a chat around leadership and being the CEO of your life and in your business at this is Rebecca K. So that's where I'm predominantly at. Um, And you can have a look at my website as well to find out more details if you want to work deeper on this at RebeccaK.co. All right. And those links will be in the show notes. So head on over to growingyourteam.com slash podcast and find the episode to go get all those details. All right, Rebecca, I always love to end with the same question. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager you have had in your life, whether personal or professional, and share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you. Oh, yes. So actually, I I still am in a nine to five. So I run my business um, on the side. And my current leader is has just been so inspirational in so many ways. And he's taught me how to step into that leadership role, even if you don't have the title, um, and how to to work your way up, even when you don't see people who look like you in in the areas where you you want to grow towards so he definitely inspires me in so many different ways um i often worry about the day that i might have to leave um because just leaving that that leadership and you know how he has taught me so many things is, is going to be hard so yeah that's that's who i look up to for sure well it is one of those hard things when you have to leave great leaders But I think it's also one of those things we talked about. It's becoming the CEO of your life and knowing that you've made this great connection, but this is the decision that needs to be made. 
Yes, yes. Yes. That's really great coaching you've given me there. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much. I had so much fun having this conversation, Jamie. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.